I'm Mark, and welcome to this episode of Makers and Shakers of Chinese History. An unsuccessful hero always wins the hearts of the Chinese people, like Jing Ke, who nearly succeeded in an assassination attempt on the ruler of the Qin state. Xiang Yu is a typical example of these tragic heroes. I wonder if you've heard about the classic Peking opera, Farewell My Concubine. The play tells the story of a frustrated bully, who in the face of his beloved beauty and lost territories, shows emotional entanglement and sadness. It never fails to move audiences. How did Xiang Yu lose his life? He ignored warnings from his advisers and led his troops into an ambush by Liu Bang's 300,000-strong army. He suffered catastrophic losses. When he was surrounded by Liu's forces and on the verge of defeat, he calls forth his horse and begs it to run away for the sake of its safety, but it refuses. He then bids farewell to his favourite concubine, Consort Yu. Later generations have come to appreciate his behaviour because he's not only a hero, but also an emotional boyfriend. The concept of a tragic hero has influenced Chinese people via various forms of art, including novels, operas, history books and films. So today let's check out the key facts that you need to know about Xiang Yu. First and foremost is that he shows a great deal of ambition from childhood. Here I want to share with you two things. When he was a child, his uncle intended to teach him scholarly knowledge, but Xiang Yu was determined to learn martial arts. His uncle taught him the art of sword, but after a short period, Xiang Yu refused to continue sword studies on the grounds that sword fighting is merely a one-on-one -on -one game. He said he was eager to learn the art of war that may involve as many as tens of thousands of people. Both Sheng Yu and Liu Bang, the two rivals, had once witnessed the extravagance of Emperor Qin Shi Huang, who was heavily escorted on his tour to the south. Liu Bang said, A real great man should behave like him. The comment reflected his admiration and hoped to one day follow suit. However, Shang Yu had a different attitude, saying, He may be replaced. In his opinion, an emperor is sort of a job rotation. Shang Yu revealed an aggressiveness that ordinary people do not and would not usually have. His bravery and courage are vividly recorded in Shi Ji a book about the early history of China, written around 85 BCE by Sima Qian. In the book, there's an interesting story I will now share with you that took place during the events leading to Shang's demise. On the verge of defeat, there were only 28 cavalry remaining, so Shang Yu divided them into four small groups. Faced with thousands of enemy troops, he ordered the groups to head in four different directions from the top of the mountain and then meet again at an appointed spot. After Shang Yu rushed down the mountain, the enemy troops were overwhelmed. Shang Yu instantly beheaded a general, which frightened the other generals. After the convergence of the four cavalry groups, their enemies surrounded them once again. 
Xiang Yu then led another attack that saw him behead a captain, as well as several hundred soldiers. At last, 26 cavalry soldiers survived and followed him. Shang Yu once predicted before his demise that, depending on his strength, he would never lose a single battle unless it is doomed to fail. I have led over 70 battles in which anyone who blocked my way was killed by me, and anyone that I want to attack would have no, no chance, chance to, to fight, fight back, he proudly proclaimed. Number three on the list is his ferocity. In contrast to Liu Bang, who didn't kill the Qin dynasty's last emperor who had surrendered, Shang Yu showed no mercy and slaughtered the emperor, despite surrendering as soon as he entered Xianyang, Qin's capital city. In the process of Shang's destruction of the Qin dynasty, bloody deaths occurred throughout the cities during six attacks that are believed to have slaughtered everybody. Moreover, he set fire to the Arpang Palace, a treasure house of the Qin royal families. By carrying out arson attacks, he tarnished his image in the eyes of latter generation scholars, because the palace was probably the last place in the world that housed a number of ancient classic books, which were all destroyed in fire. Believe it or not, even though he was brutal, he was a good boyfriend. So next, I will gossip about his emotional attachment to his concubine, Yuji. On a list of things that a successful man may sacrifice for success, a woman should be one. However, when Shang Yu and his remaining troops were overwhelmed by their enemies, guess what? At that moment, he sang a song, just for the concubine. Imagine... If you and I were surrounded by a mob, would you be in the mood to sing? The last lines of the song go, What on earth should I do to comfort you if I was killed? Number five is Shang Yu liked to blatantly flaunt his wealth. I cite the example of when he was advised by many to designate Guangzhou, a place in northwest China's Shanxi province, as the capital city. Shang Yu disagreed, wanting instead to make his hometown, Pengcheng, the capital city of his kingdom. He once noted, If I get rich but don't return to my hometown, it's like someone wearing a beautiful silk dress, but walking at night, which none could see and appreciate. It's like the phenomenon in modern Chinese society that sees someone returning to their hometown to show off their wealth by driving their new luxury car or purchasing a large house. Last but not least, Shang Yu showed consideration for his dignity and was afraid of being looked down upon. He had the chance to escape when a boatman offered to take him to a safe place located south of the Yangtze River. The boatman suggested retreating, so there would be a chance to rise up again. However, Shang Yu could not return alone after taking more than 8,000 troops into battle. He would rather commit suicide than live alone in shame. Well, to sum up, while subsequent generations have had different views towards his political ambitions, it's an undeniable fact that the public widely admire his bravery. People usually discuss his failure in pitiful tones. 
There are many other voices expressing appreciation for his emotional attachment, which is where the legacy of the famous opera and film adaptation of Farewell My Concubine originates. Shang Yu was brutal, but on the other hand he was kind to his young concubine and treated his followers as his friends and family. In most cases he enjoyed listening to their advice and even adopting their ideas, which didn't make him look too bad at all. Shang Yu was not only a hero and a tyrant, but also had the weakness of personality, like an ordinary person, which eventually led to his failure. Secondly, the Chinese people often sympathize with frustrated heroes. As a hero, Shang Yu's strength was his ability to have strong emotional connections to those around him. This has also helped him to win the hearts of the Chinese people, even today. Third, both the film adaptation and opera center on how Shang Yu reflects Chinese people's sympathy for frustrated, unsuccessful heroes. It also mirrors the Confucian ethics, which places morality above anything else. That's it for this episode of Makers and Shakers of Chinese History. Special thanks to Sanlian Zhongdu for making this podcast possible. I'm Mark. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe via wherever you tune in. Thanks for your company and see you next time on Makers and Shakers of Chinese History.